going into a porn shop isn't awkward. It's awesome! At Adult Temptations, everyone is entitled to a happy, healthy sex life. Visit the store at 211 Black Street in Whitehorse for a selection of adult toys, lubes, lingerie, novelties, and films. You can also check out products online at adulttemptations.ca. Adult Temptations, in pursuit of a healthy, intimate lifestyle. I think there's a joy that comes from sharing not in the banality of day-to-day existence in a long-distance relationship. You really celebrate one another and have times that are really special. But you also, I think there's an intensity that comes with with long-distance relationships where every moment has to count and you can't just flop on the couch and do nothing together. Mark, are you feeling frisky? Hmm, why do you ask? Because we're back with another season of Frisky North of 60, sharing stories about love and dating in the North. And getting frisky. Yep, that too. Coming to you from Whitehorse, Yukon, I'm Karen McCall. And I'm Mark Kelly. Today we're talking about long distance dating. You've probably had some experience with that, hey Mark? I have, yeah. I mean... I was in long distance marriage, ish. No, no, the marriage wasn't an ish. The (laughs) distance was ish. Distance was ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think probably you know we live in a territory of what forty four thousand people. Uh, I think long distance relationships are probably something a lot of people have uh, had experience. We all have to import probably. Sometimes. Yeah, I think so. Or outsource. Yeah, and I mean, some people sometimes you're dating in other communities in the Yukon and sometimes out of territory. Yeah, like I think you dated somebody who was living in Dawson. How was that? Was that hard? You know, uh, so I think it's kind of a Yukon rite of passage to drive seven hours to go on a date. For, for a Friday night movie night and, and popcorn and holding hands? <laughs> the first time I did that, I hadn't even met the person yet. And I had driven my seven hours to Dawson City, 500 and something kilometers. And I was parking the car. And literally my thought in my head was like, Surely I can meet someone in Whitehorse. <laughs> Surely someone's closer to home. There's got to be. The, the odds. Okay, so Dawson City has what? 1,500 people on a good day? Like in the summer? Peak, yeah. Yeah, in the summer. And uh, we have what? 35,000 or something in, in the city? Yes. Your odds are just mathematically, they're better here. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Dawson is a wonderful place, but it, it's it's a far drive. It is a far drive, Yeah. So today we'll be talking to Dana about long distance dating and how she navigated uh, her long distance relationship for uh, quite a period of time. Oh, we haven't actually, what we need to do is say who, in fact, won the Nordic Hot Springs passes for this last week. Yeah, for last episode. Congratulations to Shelly McKee. Shelly won two free admissions to the Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs. We'll be in touch with Shelly about those. Date night. Or, or date friend, day. friend night. Or friend night. Or you get two passes so you could also go, go by yourself. Yeah. Go twice. That's what yeah. my friend said. She's like, it's great to go by yourself. Why not? Yeah, like a, like a Miley Cyrus song. And if you want to know how to win this month's tickets. Come right to the end of the show. Yeah. We'll or, tell you how. We'll tell you how. Yeah. And okay. now back to Dana. Or not back to Dana. Now on to Dana. On to Dana. Well. <laughs> 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 Let's keep it clean, Karen. And now, over to Dana. 
how this came about with Dana coming on the show was that her and I ran into each other and I asked her about her relationship with Rob, who was living in the interior of BC. And then it struck me, wow, they've been together for a while and that's quite the distance to navigate. So I wanted to invite her on to talk about that and found out she also has some other long distance uh, experience to share with us as well. So welcome, Dana. Thanks for joining us today on Frisky. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation Mm -hmm. with both of you today. Us too. Well, you and Mark are no strangers, hey? Hi, Dana. Hello, Mark. We live a block and a half from each other, as Dana has put it, within pajama reach. (laughs) That's right, where it's okay to run in your pajamas in that distance in the winter and you're unlikely to be spotted. It's true. Or frozen to death. Yes. Or frozen to death. But we also were roommates 25, 24 years ago. In the late 90s. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah. That's amazing. In Squamish, you were saying. In Squamish, yes. Yep. Dana was the downstairs dweller. That's right. Yeah. And Mark is part of the reason why I'm here in terms of a group of friends that all moved up um, in their 20s. And so here we are. And we're still here. That's great. But you guys, I have to ask that you guys didn't date, did you? We didn't. But I do have a question. (laughs) Do you remember the night you made me that amazing pasta? You were new to town and I came over to your place. No. Okay, then, then there's the answer. Perfect. I, I, Karen and I were talking about this in our, in our getting ready for you to come on. And I'm like, I'm going to ask Dana if she made me that beautiful pasta because we wanted a date. And I and it, it became clear quickly that we were never going to. <laughs> clear, clearly it was very memorable for Dana. Yeah, for me. So I, I apparently was the one going on a date. Dana didn't know. <laughs> and it was at I, her house. I think that was just consistently me at that age when I look back. Yeah. It was a really good pasta. No, I remember it being very good. It had brown sugar in it. Oh, okay. We'll have to talk more about that later. Yeah, totally. Dana, how long have you been in the Yukon for? 20 years now. 20 years, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a Riverdale dweller. Um, I think that sort of situates me and (laughs) it'll be relevant to some of my stories later. Um, For fun, I play music. I love all the outdoor door things that are in the Yukon, Um, skiing, hiking, hunting. I've got a great group of friends here, which sort of sustains me and is probably why I'm here is just the community. 20 years. In 20 years, you can date a lot of people here. (laughs) Yes. You can date everybody. You could. (laughs) You could. But, you know, interestingly, as I was reflecting for this podcast, I have not dated very many people here at all. Yes. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've had two Yukon partners, and that's it. Wow. So you've done lots of outsourcing. I have. I have more than I realized when I was starting to reflect on this. Okay. Well, yeah, let, let's talk about the, the long distance relationships. Did you have any kind of like feelings about long distance relationships? Like, was it ever like a hard no or what? thoughts did you have about long distance relationships? Um, I don't think I ever really thought about it before getting in my first long distance relationship. But I think that UConn is such that there are often people coming through. And this is even like pre online times where you're going to meet people up in Dawson City. I met one person on a river trip. He was Swiss. And so (laughs) there was some fondue in my life. (laughs) Chocolate or cheese? Cheese. (laughs) Yeah. And he had been in the Swiss military. Military, so there was like some precision bed making. He had a Swiss army knife, didn't he? <laughs> he, did, he did. So like, so there's people who come through that are passers by. And so I certainly know of 
not just myself, but lots of other Yukoners who have met people who are here as tourists. Uh, and then Yukoners are big travelers as well. And so I think the likelihood of meeting somebody from elsewhere is also a potentiality. And so I think if anything, when I thought about long distance relationships, the pool is small here. And if you're looking for connection, you're probably, it, it may or may not be here. I think the Yukon is a bit of a natural sorting mechanism for finding like-minded people. But there's also challenges depending on your profession, depending on your friend group. I'm really not interested in dating any of my friends' former's partner, former partners. That just doesn't feel right for me. So I think that puts me in a position of probably exploring distance relationships. And with now, I would put you in the expert online dating <laughs> category. Well, I didn't know about dating apps until Dan and I talked about them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. no, yeah I didn't tell you yeah. that, but that's true. Like, I didn't really know about yeah. Tinder or Bumble or any of those things until yeah. I talked to you about it. Yeah. So that, has that made a difference? I think so. I think so. I think for me, because I've got lots of connections still in BC where I'm from, I go and spend time there because my job, I've got significant time off in the year. So I've used those online apps to to meet people. And I'm always pretty straightforward about where I live and that I'm open to an LDR. Let's call it LDR for, <laughs> for short, long distance relationships, LDR. And I think people either quickly self-select out because they're like, no, no, that's not going to work for me. And some people, I think, are intrigued sometimes because of the distance where I live. And so sometimes they're, and there's enough of a connection to get things off the ground. Let's talk about your your more recent long distance uh, relationship. Uh, somebody who lived in the interior of BC. Yes. What sort of, um, well, first of all, how did, how did you two meet? Well, I, I'm wondering if I should tell you about the previous long distance okay. relationship because yes, I do. actually think that's some some context. So and and then we'll get there. So when I was reflecting on this last night, um, it was a bit of a reckoning. First, I was like, I've had two long distance relationships, and then I was like, nope, three. And then I was like, was heating up something in the microwave. I was like, no, there's four. There's four. And then I realized I had five. And then by the end of the <laughs> night, I realized I had had six long distance relationships. Six. And, you, and, and are we done counting? We are done counting. So far as I know, I tried to call one of- You bolted awake in the middle of the night going, <gasps> Fred, I forgot about Fred. No. But that's a little bit what it was like. So, and they were a combination of people passing through the Yukon or people I've met when I've left the Yukon. And with those, some of those have been fairly short-lived. Like, you know, it was- more short term as opposed to when I think about the actual long distance relationships that have sustained. There's been one with somebody in Vancouver and that went for a couple years and that ended because it wasn't the right person. And then I had a relationship in Haynes Junction. So I don't know if we count that as long distance. It's a long distance. For yeah. Sure. yeah. You yeah. can't walk there. Yeah. You can. Well, you could. There yeah. are people who... Just not for Friday night movie night. <laughs> yeah. Like it would, take, it would take a bit too long. For people who aren't as familiar with the Yukon, Haines Junction is 160 kilometers away. That's and right. And I know that because I also had a long distance relationship. With did someone. you walk there, you Karen? did. No, you didn't. Never, never walked there. I never biked there. I never flew there. But no, it's, a, it's just under two hours to get there uh, right. if the roads are in good condition. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that one you could at least like have a 
weekend relationship. And that was sort of like off and on for probably eight years. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And then most recently, um, we're coming up two years, although it has ended with somebody who was in Invermere. With a long distance relationship, if you're about to embark down that path, do you think there has to be some knowledge that you will be able to physically see that person again in the future in like the fairly near future yeah I think going into it you have to both be flexible and there has to be the possibility that either of you are prepared to go the distance in terms of making a move and I'm flexible I don't want to leave the Yukon but you know for the right person potentially and the other person has to be prepared to go the distance as well so I think that's a really important piece going in Correct me if I'm wrong here, but that feels like something that's pretty typical to the North, that it's our obligation to leave versus someone to move here. Even though my partner at the time, Brooke, came here uh, for me or for the relationship or to explore that. But that doesn't feel like a common thing. Like It's almost like most people I talk to want to want to look outside the territory. And that means they may have to leave. Yeah. And if it's a long distance relationship, that's more um, the person in the South may rely on you to go to them versus coming here. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting when I was thinking about people I know who've left the Yukon, it was equal parts as number of people who've imported. So the import export partner program (laughs) is equi. It's it's equally divided from for my small sample. And the Yukon territory is growing. So right, right. I guess that's true. We do have a net influx. Yes. But I know what you mean, though, because I feel like I met someone out of the territory and I feel like I live in the more remote place. So it's my job to like go down and yeah. see them. But then that's yeah, not I used to d- jo- yeah. joke with my family that flights from Ontario were more expensive than flights from the Yukon. And it was like, twice like as going far. one way. Yeah, like there it was way harder for them to come here than it was for me to go there. Like, you know what I mean? And that, that's not true. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the other thing is when I think about like why long distance books, whoops, I'm hitting the mic here. Why long distance works is sometimes I think we've all been staring at each other a long time and we kind of, (laughs) (laughs) we lose the mystery. Right. And I think that sometimes helps in terms of building a spark. And I think, you know, to be fair, I think there's also something pretty special that comes with getting to know somebody maybe you have been staring at for a long time. But I, I do think those forces are at play. But as I look at my N of six failed long distance (laughs) relationship. I think, you know, the last one probably could have worked except for this person needed to go. Can I ask you a question? Even further away, which we'll get to. Okay. So do do you use the word failed? So do you, well, well, I'm I'm just curious about that because it is a common way to explain explain how a relationship comes to an end. Do you feel like they failed or they did come to a natural end? Like, how does that? Right. Uh, Thanks for asking that very good question, Mark. (laughs) I would say I was being tongue in cheek there. Some of them came to a natural end. I just think it wasn't ever going to go anywhere. Like our lives were too different. The sort of the romance was like not going to sustain. And there just wasn't enough practicalities involved. And the the long distance relationships that have lasted a longer time, there's just been the actual capacity to make it work. And they came to an end because they weren't the right person the first two. And then this last one we will talk about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get into expectations with long term or long distance rather relationships as in like the amount of communication that's going to occur and how that's going to occur. What are some of the sort of Mm -hmm. negotiations you've had? 
That That's an interesting question. And I would say it's been pretty variable depending, you know, I think it's really dependent on that person and your negotiation with them. So to a certain degree, I think that's the same as a close distance relationship where it is all about communication and what your expectations are. So I think um, texting can get weird, whether you're in a close distance relationship or a long distance relationship, how you spend time with one another and expectations around that can also get a bit odd. So I think it's more been, I think I'm into communication. It's kind of part of my work. And so I'm all about being clear on, on that. So I think that is an important piece of it. Yeah. Have you had any mismatches? Uh, (laughs) This is the expose portion of the (laughs) the podcast. (laughs) Mismatches in terms of like expectations around. Yeah. Like someone's like, I think we should text or talk every day. And you're like, Oh, I think a week, every week is fine. I, I wouldn't say mismatches so much as like ongoing as you get maybe deeper into the relationship, what that looks like. Another thing I think about with communications is, you know, a lot of us at work spend a lot of time on screens and then with a, long distance relationship, you you don't get to see that person all the time. So you are spending a lot more time looking at your phone or maybe like a screen if you're, you know, FaceTiming or something like that. Have you found that to be a challenge? Yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. The relationship I had in Vancouver, I think that was sort of still pre Zoom times, it was way before pandemic times. And so that really wasn't part of it. And it was pretty easy to sort of go and see one another and that person could work remotely and so he was able to come up and stay so we saw a fair amount of each other uh, and I think we would sort of chat on the phone at night and so that felt like easy I don't even think I really thought about it I also think I wasn't at that time really committed in that relationship so like if I'm being really honest I don't I and I had a very full life I didn't worry about it if I wasn't talking all the time. So, you know, what are the early warning signs that maybe it's just not the right relationship? And then the other relationship in Haynes Junction, the person I would describe as like anti-technology. So, and, you know, it was a relationship without a lot of expectations. So again, there wasn't uh, a big concern there about how we communicated, but this most recent relationship that I had. I think it's probably the most serious relationship I've been in for a long time. And so we really did make a point of trying to connect. But that again, that person was able to come and spend lots of time here. There's a lot of effort one has to put into those things, hey, like the the energy to put into making sure you check in at the end of the day versus just happenstance because you ended up in the same house, right? Like that part I found exhausting. Yeah, but you know, isn't intentionality in any relationship. And we're going to get to some little thoughts I have on close distance relationships as they compare (laughs) to LDRs. That was a good time. (laughs) Actually, you know, this could actually really segue into my little surprise that I put together, if we're ready for that. So as I was thinking about long distance relationships versus close distance relationships, the words of comedian Ivan Decker came to mind. And he says, long distance relationships, they're hard. But have you ever tried a close distance relationship? And I was like, it's true. So I 
re- actually put into one of the new um, like chat bots, like the one that's getting blown up in media that's going to like take over essay writing. What is it called? Like, chat, chat GBT. GBT yes, like that. yes, that's right. So I put a query into that. I said, write a funny sonnet about a long distance relationship. Do you guys want to hear it? I do, yeah. definitely. Okay. Yeah. Because it's about screen time. Upon a screen we gaze with longing hearts to see our love in pixelated form. Though distance keeps us worlds apart, our love remains as strong as any storm. We message through the night and all the day. Our thumbs ache with the effort of our love. That line really busted me up. (laughs) That's great. We send memes and emojis all the way to keep the spark of love burning bright above but oh when the joy when we are finally near when time and space no longer keep us apart we hold each other close and have no fear for love has conquered distance from the start though long distance relationships may be tough we'll make it work with love and lots of memes enough it's mostly in the delivery i gotta say that was well done. <laughs> great delivery great but delivery. also impressive yeah um and then i said on the flip side <laughs> what can you tell me ai about close distance relationships here's what it came up with this this is good <laughs> close distance love a troublesome thing A bond that's tested day by day, a love that's fragile, like a butterfly wing, a bond that's easy to fray. We're constantly together in each other's space. We bicker, we argue, we drive each other mad, a love that's tested in every case, a bond that's stretched to the brink of bad. We hold grudges, we keep score, we nitpick, we criticize, we never forgive, a love that's hard a constant chore, a bond that's easily lost to negative vibes, an ode to close distance love we sing, for it's a love that's complicated everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, want, I want some music put to those. <laughs> the AI sounds like the long distance relationship is pretty cheery and the yeah. close distance relationship yeah. is rife. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how it pulls all that together. Like not just the technology, but like what is on the internet that is the prevailing belief system about relationships. Right. Well, so I said a funny a funny sonnet about a long distance relationship and an ode about the troubles of a close distance uh, relationship. Right. So, so I, I, did, I did load the bias right <laughs> into it. But I do think there's some interesting pieces to think about there in terms of really, is it the distance, the closeness, and or is it just the relationship and the people in it? So what's what's your sort of thoughts on the, the long distance versus the, the close distance? You know, I would like a close distance relationship, I think, to share in a day-to-day piece of it. But I think both could can bring joys and challenges. And so I think it's honestly six on one hand, half a dozen on the other. I think there's a joy that comes from sharing not in the banality of day-to-day existence in a long-distance relationship. You really celebrate one another and have times that are really special. But you also, I think there's an intensity that comes with with long-distance relationships where every moment has to count and you can't just flop on the couch and do nothing together. Do you think then it can take longer for 
one to see the the sort of not as good parts of a long distance relationship because you are kind of only because you can kind of show your best self for a few days at a time and like yep. you said you're kind of packing in all the the really good things when you spend time together that's a good question and I, I don't think that necessarily has been my experience I think I think you can actually see people in more intense experiences and to a certain degree, maybe the get to know you factor is sped up because you are sharing spaces. These men that I've um, dated have come to stay with me. And so you really get to know one another in a hurry and what it's like to spend time with each other. And in fact, I would say there's sometimes uh, one of the challenges I found was the intensity of having somebody in your space for that time when you haven't got sort of your day-to-day lives uh, sorted out and they may not have any connection in the community. So you're fully responsible for their fun, their well-being, all of those things. Um, And then when I would go away, I'm fully out of my life and like the chores and the different things I need to do all just are busy piling up. So, so that was a part that I found challenging in terms of the pace of that relationship. Hey, Mark, what's your longest relationship? Well, that's awfully personal, Karen. I ask because mine is with Uconstruct. I've been working at a co-space for years. I love the work vibe, meeting rooms, and professional connections. Yeah, right. That's what brought us together. It's really cool on the make space side, too. There are wooden metal shops, electronics lab, a sewing loft, and the podcast studio where we record Frisky. Go to Uconstruct.com to learn more. It's one relationship we know you won't regret. When someone comes to visit... Um, they're not only are you responsible for all of their way of doing things and connecting them with people and activities, but they're actually in your space. So it's not your space as a couple, it's Dana's space yeah. and he, and he is a guest. So there's yeah. a different dynamic in that even. Yeah. And, and that I think is a hard piece to negotiate as, as well. And how do you really welcome that person into your home. And so, you know, I certainly did the best I, I could to to do that. But and and then the inverse is true when I go when I go there. So I I think that is a significant challenge of a long distance. Is that your experience too in your LDR, Karen? Well you know that was making me think uh in uh before you got here, Mark and I were talking about when I was dating someone in Dawson and did the thing of driving up for a four-day date like the first time we met and after spending four solid days with someone it's like wow it feels like we've been dating for like three months now because it's it's so intense right yeah. and yeah and I think I have had people at my house where I'm just like okay I want to like do something by myself now or I've got some work to do and it, I mean it depends on the the dynamic but some people are more independent than others yeah. say or recognize yeah that even though we're spending this time together, that we still might need a little bit of alone time. There's a pressure of the time, right? Like you, you have this three or four days together if it's a good, and so we should make the most of it. And so we have to be in each other's space 24 seven because you're going to leave on Tuesday and I'm not going to see you for a month. So we got to bank that up. And that pressure is a bit false, right? Because you, yeah. you would never do that in a normal situation if you were living in the same, even in a separate apart kind of scenario where you may live in the same city, but in mm-hmm. different homes. Mm-hmm. Right. The pressure's still not there. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I wonder if it's like a, a northern thing or whatever, but like l- the living together apart. Have you guys done anything yeah. on that? But like that's that's coming out of I think it's like Sweden and Norway is where it's really big. Well, yeah, that that 
uh, something you'd said earlier made me think about is like in in our society, we've kind of this idea that when you're a couple, at some point you will live together. And so when we're thinking about long distance relationships, we're thinking about these as a, as a temporary state. But has that been the case for you? Like when you're dating someone, is there sort of always this idea of like, well, if this goes well, eventually one of us will move to the other's community or we'll move somewhere together? I think that has always been the assumption, save the person who lived in Haines Junction. Yeah. Um, I think the assumption has been that one or both of us, and I'm talking about like my my main three um, sort of more serious of the long distance relationships that I've been in. That has been the assumption. But, you know, I also have met people in my life who've had long distance relationships um, in like in perpetuity and that's just how they do it. And so, you know, it's all out there. What do you guys think of in terms of if you're in a long distance relationship, how often should, do you want to see the other person? I mean, I guess, you know, that's obviously dependent on a lot of factors, but have you, have you found that there's sort of a magic, magic number? I actually think it's, the opposite of that question is how often don't I want to see that person? Okay, like, but but if it's like, it, you know, it costs money to travel, like it's not like you can see them every weekend, for example. Like say it's a flight out. Right. It would Then it would be dictated by my by my budget, not by my desire. So like, I, I think the hard, I do think the harder question is, is it okay to not want to see your partner that you're at a long distance? Like what happens if you you are happy with things as they are and you don't necessarily want to get on a plane and, or in, in a relationship in general. Okay. Well, let's talk about Dana's situation with uh, Rob who lives in the interior, lived in the interior of BC. Yeah. So it's not a weekend trip to go to see no. him, right? No. And so he um, is a computer programmer. So he was able to come up and actually work in my house for big, long stretches of time. And so, you know, at the end of those times, I was like, okay, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) I'm okay to like have my life a little bit, nothing against him at all. It was just, you know, and I'm sure he felt the need to go back and have a bit of routine back in his life as well. And so at no point did I ever feel like it wasn't in enough. And in the summer, I would go to my parents' cabin and he would come and bring his work. I get more holidays than than he did. And so he would be working and I would be, you know, helping my folks out with whatever. But so we saw a lot of each other. When I actually looked back and kind of did the math, I was spending compared to anybody else in my life, even my friends here in Whitehorse, I was seeing him more than anybody else. How long a periods would he come up for? Um, he would come up, I think the longest was like a month. Right, that's a pretty solid chunk of time. That is, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's living together. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the longest uh, period of time that you guys were apart? I want to say like six weeks maybe. Yeah. yeah, so that's not too bad, really. No, and and it was okay. I've got a really full life. I'm a really independent person. So, but I actually think he would feel it more than I would, and he would feel it when he just wanted like quiet companionship. It wasn't that he needed like a weekend adventure. He was flush with those, but it was like the nights when he was like, oh, I just want to like sit on the couch and watch a movie. That was when I would notice he would miss me. And I have been able to cultivate friends here in this town where I can go in my pajamas 
Hello, Mark. Mm-hmm. And, across sit, anytime. and sit, you know, and just like share that companionship time, which I think, you know, what are we really looking for? We're looking for connection. And there's lots of ways you can do that. And for me, if I have really solid, strong connections in my life, then I think it bolstered me in those times when Rob wasn't here. Well, yeah, let's talk about some of the benefits of long distance relationships. And that is that, you know, if you do have a full life, you have lots of connections here. Because a lot of people fall into this pattern of seeing their significant other, you know, every, even if they're not living together, like almost every day, right? And they kind of become the most important figure person that you're spending time with. But in a long distance relationship, you really do get to keep your life as it is here for the times that you're apart. Yeah. And and I think also just the way in which you relate to that person. I love a good conversation. And um, that was one piece, like to talk on the phone and make each other laugh and talk about books you've read, you know, like you're really, that is what you've got. And I think it actually allows for kind of like a soulful connection, if that's what you're looking for. And talking on the phone can be actually challenging. Like some people, you know, you can interact with really well in person, and then you get on the phone, and it's it's a bit awkward. Like maybe you get over that hump, I guess. But but some people, that's not the most natural way to communicate. Yeah, yeah. And so again, I think this is, you know, whether or not a long distance relationship is right for you. It's partly your own hard wiring, partly what you've got going on in your life, and then who who you've met. And I think it's such a combination of variables. And for whatever reason, it's seemed to have worked for me okay. I think a lot of it's got to do with act, active um, connecting with somebody. So talking is a, is a doing, it's not a being. Yeah. So like there are lots of times when you have someone in your daily life that you just are next to and you're both reading the paper or you're watching a movie together or you're just making dinner and there's no talking but when you're at a, a long an LDR mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you have to do something you have to be communicating you have to be you know playing online chess you have to like there's a there's an yeah. active part to it yeah. and that part is kind of tiring that's difficult it's challenging I think yeah and again it's all relative like I think about yeah, just our Yukon context. The one thing I was also reflecting on was when I first started dating this one fellow in Vancouver, I've got a bunch of cousins in Vancouver and they were like, you commute from the Yukon? Like, what the heck? And they, they were like, we've got a one bridge rule, which meant that they wouldn't they wouldn't date anybody that they had to go over two bridges. They would go over one bridge for love but not two. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, so I can relate because I live uh, in, you know, the Copper Ridge area and I was dating someone at once in Porter Creek and it was, I too think, far. for perspective, the Porter Creek neighborhood is a 10 minute drive from my house or 25 minutes by e-bike. Well, yeah. <laughs> at the very beginning when we started dating, I was like, what do you think the biggest, like, uh, barrier is to this relationship? <laughs> and he was kind of like, uh, and I was like, I think it's too far. And then... <laughs> And then I started dating someone in Haines Junction. And sorry, rather Dawson. And then I met someone in Colorado. You know, like I was like, oh my God, next it's going to be like the Netherlands or something, you know? (laughs) Somebody on Mars, you know, like they're like, (laughs) an astronaut. An An astronaut. astronaut. Yeah, they're on the space station for most of their, yeah. I'm curious when, when you've had people you're dating come to visit the Yukon, has it been like really important to you? Well, I'm, I'm definitely projecting here, but is, Project it important, away. <laughs> is it important for you that they appreciate this place and 
and just your life here? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that has very much been part of the draw, to be perfectly honest. That's not why they've dated me, but I think in the initial sort of attraction stage, there's some intrigue there for sure. But I have also been cautious to not date people because they want to just come and have a little looky-loo and have fun in the Yukon. That's not what I'm looking for. But I do want people who can share in the adventure. And Rob, our first date was really fun. We actually went out on Fish Lake and we went out with my wall tent and my snowmobile and we went out like skiing and ice fishing and it was really, really a great get to know you. And he's originally from New Zealand. I remember we're setting up my wall tent and we're ice fishing and I cooked some caribou stew and he's like, you're the most Canadian person I've ever met. <laughs> Were you drinking maple syrup? And <laughs> no, I wasn't. But that does sound t- tempting. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> Dana, I think you're the most Canadian person I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, that's a quintessential experience. That's pretty amazing. It was pretty fun. With a beaver skin hat, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure Dana does have some fur items that you probably, probably yeah like skinned and maybe even sewed yourself mm, no i i actually don't do those i'm not um i'm not fastidious enough for for that aspect of trap life <laughs> yeah okay so in in terms of spice how does one keep things spicy in a in an ldr um well mark <laughs> <laughs> um what i would say is that is a great mystery. <laughs> you haven't found it or you don't want to talk about yeah, it? <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about it, but I would say that, again, how do you keep things spicy in a close distance relationship? We're drawing from the same tool bag here, I think. Yeah. Okay. Great. There are tools. <laughs> Fair enough. What about breakups? I mean... I mean, sort of the nice thing about when a relation, long distance relationship ends is you don't have to see the person around town. Yeah. And I've reflected on that. Like, has that been part of my preference for long distance is just a bit of a protective factor. And I think I'm vulnerable enough of a person and open enough that and, and mature enough now that I think I could do it. Not to say that it wouldn't sting to see a former partner around. And I've certainly experience that. And it it is hard in a small community. Absolutely. But I think it still is hard regardless. You know, I, I would say like there's pieces you're going to miss if you've valued that time and that person. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't mean it's it's easy by any means. That's for sure. What about do you have any tips for somebody who might want to go down the path of a long distance relationship? Mm. I think you really need to reflect on what is it you're looking for? How far are you prepared to go? Like, are you prepared to make a compromise? Is that person prepared to make a compromise? Are you a clear communicator? But, you know, again, I think all of these things, it's the same things you're asking yourself in a close distance relationship, a CDR. CDR versus the LDR. <laughs> yeah. Are you, yeah, yeah what you're saying yeah. is a goodness of fit is a goodness of fit. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not the only one in the yeah. LDR. The other yeah. person is too, and they've got yeah. to want to also yeah. do that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at this last relationship I had and it ended because uh, Rob went to New Zealand. So he's an That's expat. the two bridge rule. Yeah. 
Two and, oceans? Or, that no, no. <laughs> and that's too far that's and just, too expensive. Just too far. And, you know, it's sad. And who who knows if he'll come back, but he needs to do, he became an empty nester and missed home. And so he went back to New Zealand. And so that was kind of that. And now he's exploring setting up a life there. And yeah, so, you know, I, you, in the end, you just want whoever you're with to be happy, whatever that looks like. And so not that the relationship didn't come without some challenges. And if he was to come back to Canada, there would be some challenges there, but that's sort of on an indefinite break. So that wasn't an option for you to go to New Zealand. No, and I'm sure he would love it if I did. And I would be prepared to open a new chapter and spend part of my time in New Zealand. But I've got older parents and I just really need to be in Canada. Yeah, so that that is where that is. And it's a matter of just supporting him to really, without this string attached to Canada, really find out what he needs to find out. Well, that's that's really nice that you guys you know, your relationship has, your romantic relationship has come to an end, but you want the best for each other and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Still care for each other. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, in today's world, there's lots of different ways people are making things work. There's, you know, so who who knows? Big question mark. Maybe I'll find a CDR. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's my next question. What about another LDR? Are you thinking that that's something you, you, are you still open to this possibility? Sure, sure. I am still open to the possibility. But honestly, right now, I'm just kind of enjoying my own company, to be perfectly honest. And enjoying playing my guitar and doing things with friends and feeling pretty happy and content. So, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dana, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about this. It's been a really uh, interesting and fun chat. Well, thanks for having me. It was nice to see both of you. And thanks for the great questions. It was quite a nice thing to be able to reflect on that. Before we let you go, we want to let you know how you can win this month's Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs double admission. Right. There are two ways. There are. We're planning to have a sexologist on a show upcoming, and we want to hear what questions you have for this person. First, though, it might be helpful to know what a sexologist is. Right. Sexologist is basically a a clinical sexologist, somebody who works in a counseling type field, works with couples, individuals on sexual related issues. So intimacy and those sorts of things. If you have a question, we are going to put a form on our Facebook page and you can fill that out anonymously and we'll tell you uh, in the Facebook post how you can win the two tickets, probably commenting on the post. There's another way you can also win tickets. Yeah, this is the fun way. Please do this. We'd love it if you'd send us a voice memo. You can do that on your phone. You can email it to us. And just giving reaction or feedback to any of the episodes from season three. And we will play the awesomeness when it hits our our inbox. Here's an example. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is me after listening to the first 30 seconds of the latest podcast episode. Oh, my God, I can't wait to listen to the rest. So that that listener had us in stitches, too. So please send us a voice message and email it to friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. You can't give your dates a rating, but you can rate us. So go ahead, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. 
Unless it's below four stars, then don't bother. This episode was recorded in and around Whitehorse, Yukon. Sometimes we use the podcast studio at Yukonstruct, and sometimes we take Frisky on the road. Our music is by Anthony Vega, Sexy Time. Oh, we like fan mail. So send us some. Get in touch through Facebook, the Twitter, or email us at friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthof6060 at gmail.com. Stay frisky. Stay frisky, everybody. Mark, you knew me back in my early 20s. Yeah, yeah, you were fresh out of university. Yep, yep. And we were housemates, as we discussed. And so Mark knew me in my closest distance relationship, which was um, with one of our roommates. Oh, yeah, he did live in our house. I totally <laughs> forgot. That's, That's right. He lived upstairs. Commute. That was upstairs. There was 12 steps. That is the, pretty much as close as it gets. I totally forgot that he did live in the house, didn't he? How could you forget? Aren't you traumatized? I blocked that dude out, man. <laughs> Me too. I only, I only thought about it because I was coming to see you today. And... That's amazing.